Hey all, and welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and today I am with D from FTO Podcast, or Nerd Talk Podcast. How you doing, D? I'm all right. Thank you. Uh, before we get too far, can you tell everybody what FTO is about and what you guys do over there? Uh, FTO is a lot of different things. Uh, we mostly focus on the social media aspect and the podcast, but we just talk about all things nerdy, like comic books, movies, TV shows, not as many video games like, you know, like your podcast usually does, but that's mostly what we focus on just like you know the cool the cool stuff that all like the cool kids are talking about but shaz and i we're uh <laughs> i won't say her age because she hasn't told me but i'm, I'm pushing <laughs> i'm pushing 40 and i know she's probably somewhere in that age range too if she hears this uh she's probably gonna kill me but uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we're just a couple older older school nerds still like still hanging out with, like with the, the new stuff that's coming out and just talking about all that you know, everybody's got that friend growing up that like, oh, this guy read all the Lord of the Rings books, so he knows too much about Lord of the Rings, and you're asking him all the questions. There's that guy that knows the Game of Thrones books. Well, D is my comic book guy, so yeah. if you guys needed something about comic books, you just ask D or uh, FTO, and they'll, they'll answer the questions. That's what's great about it. So I will say this though, I am forgetting, I am forgetting more stuff than I learned. So just, just, just like the older I get, the more stuff that slips away. But I, I can still help you out if you have any questions. Well, I mean, that just that, that's not just an age thing. It's just we have so much it's of an abundance now. Damn you in the 90s, diverse. like, a, you know, one Superman comic book would come out and change the world. And now it's like you can't keep up with the news. You know, it's just too much stuff. <sighs> Facts. Yeah. All right. So we're going to start off today's uh, podcast with five questions out of the Geek Box. These are random geek questions that are going to get people more familiar with you. Uh, all right. Let's go ahead and pull out our first one and see what it is. I don't know what these are, but here we go. Uh, did Dumbledore treat Harry Potter fairly? Uh, I think he treated Harry Potter a little too fairly, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I feel like, uh, and the reason why I say that is because, you know, he, he gave Harry to his adoptive family. He looked over him his entire childhood. He let Harry pass on the shit that, you know, he probably shouldn't let him pass on. For Just, sure. Yeah. It, happened, it happened a lot in that series. Yeah, I, you know, I, I do think he actually kind of got him, let him get away with too many things. Uh, but I could see where they'd be like, yeah, he also kind of looked over him more than the other kids. I don't know. But I, I think he could have had a little bit more discipline. Just a, just a bit. All right. Next up, uh, what would you order at the Leaky Cauldron? Oh, these are all Harry Potter ones. <laughs> um, my knowledge in the Potterverse is not as sensitive as I would want it to be. So it would probably be like, you know, some candy. Because I know, I know like the Leaky Cauldron is mostly just drinks and things like that. But. One of, one of those weird candies they have inside that world, probably what, what I'll go for. Yeah, I think they got like a butter beer that's supposed to be real. Yes, good. the butter beer. There you go. All right, next up, which spaceship is the best in battle? Um, it's the U.S. NC-17. Like it's it's not NC-17, but uh, <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. That's a that's a movie <laughs> rating. The the Star the Star Trek ship, Enterprise. Yeah, Enterprise. Yeah, Enterprise. Uh, D or E or C. All the Enterprises, it's always the flagship ship. So at that point in time, it's the best Star Trek ship. Period. Like, uh, I could probably yeah. say a Romulan ship instead of like the Borg Cube, but no, it's the Enterprise. Even as I'm a Voyager loyalist, but I have to admit, like, they're obviously putting the money behind Enterprise first uh, if money existed. So I'd have to say them, although I am a big Borg fan. So I'm pretty sure Borg would hold their own. But, are you uh, watching a new series, the Picard series? We are. We're actually doing a review. I have to edit that next. Uh, we're doing reviews every week for the next every episode. I've only watched the first episode. Like I saw like the Borg ship that uh, that looks like the Vulcans were creating. Romulans. Was it the Romulans? Yeah, yeah it's it's an old uh, Borg uh, cube that the Romulans are like scrapping for parts, basically. 
they're gonna they're gonna mess everything up because that's what the wrong yeah <laughs> it feels like that's about to happen yeah that's what the wrong ones do man they just mess stuff up yeah, I don't, I don't, I've never trusted him. I, even since like Nemesis was a real good example of like how Romulans do business and just don't trust them, man. Period. Yeah. All right. Next up, uh, what are the qualities of your perfect dragon companion? Um, after watching Witcher, the gold dragon, you know, yeah. he'll just be a, he'll just be a cool dude to go on adventures with. Like you can just transform into humans. Let's do something, man. I get into Some a good looking ladies too. Right? <laughs> I'm not eating. <laughs> I, get, I get into a jam. Like, you know, let's, let's, let's just, like, just fly me out of this bitch, dude. Come on, let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah. He was awesome. He just seemed like a cool guy to hang out with. And like, oh, yeah. And he's an awesome dragon too. That's neat. Right? I'll take it. <laughs> Did not see that coming. I got to agree way. with you. That's perfect. I got sad when he died. Like, oh, geez. Like, he's just dead now. That's it. Like, no way. He's a dragon. Yeah. I uh, know, uh, man. I was, same thing. I was like, I was really hoping he was going to be a future character. I haven't played the games. Because I can't stand the games, but this show has been amazing. <laughs> and I was just like, "Come on, I hope this guy's a main character." And I'm learning like what main characters are, and he's not one of them. So, it's like, still though, like you guys, he has to come back for the second season. Has to come back. I'm hoping something will happen. I mean, he's too awesome. And he has a kid. Like he has a he has an egg kid. Spoilers. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, if you if they haven't seen if they haven't seen Witcher yet, you guys are way behind. So yeah, I'm on episode seven now. So yeah. So this is your first time. So uh, just so you guys know. Uh, Dee's doing a, what would you call that? Like a watch along? I call them episodes, but pretty much a watch along. Yeah. Like if you want to, if you haven't or have watched episodes of Witcher, um, you can listen to the episodes that I've been doing and watch along with me in my podcast. Um, I think after I'm done with Witcher, I'm going to do the Hellboy movie. And after that, nice. I'm going to go back to the boys TV show because I haven't finished that and the second season's coming out soon. So yeah. So you guys check that out. If you haven't watched Watcher, Witcher yet, it's a good way to watch it. It's hard to say. Yeah, take uh, that part right. fast. My goodness. <laughs> right. Our last one: phasers or lightsabers? Which one wins? <laughs> uh, it has to be lightsaber. Like I love the Star Trek world, but the, the lightsaber can just like ping them off left and right. Yeah. I think the phasers are more accurate than the normal blasters in a Star Wars universe, but the they seem slower too. Yeah. Which like, is just giving the lightsaber more time. I don't think they're made for like, you know, for heavy duty combat. I think they're just made for defense. Yeah. And where lightsaber, like, you know, is very versatile on everything that it does. So, yeah. I don't think any blaster in the Star Wars universe I've ever seen says stun. Like, no, they're all set to kill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, the, and the lightsaber does just fine in that world. But so, I, will, yeah. I will say, like, the phaser does have like, like a disintegrate. You know, it does that. So maybe it could disintegrate the lightsaber itself. I don't know. Uh, that'd be an interesting fight. But I, yeah. yeah, I just think the speed alone and stuff like that. And then another thing too is phasers have like a long beam. So like, how well does that beam off? Is it reflecting? Yeah. Like the and like, could it? Could they like take like? Yeah, uh, I forget like the force. Uh, one thing that the lightsaber can't penetrate. If it had like the same kind of effect with the phaser, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, this is the kind of thing that'll keep you up at night. It will. This. If you're a nerd, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me uh call neil degrasse tyson or something like that he'll know <laughs> oh he'll know he knows all this stuff yeah he got no, all the notebooks at home all this yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so let's go ahead and get some news things here uh the big one is the bat suit i wanted to get your opinion on the original ah. bat suit reveal but then right before recording we got some new bat suit reveals they're all on our website so you guys can see them there okay what are your opinions seeing this nice colorful bat suit um i will say uh, like a lot of people said, like there's like these long pins in his arm, and I don't yeah. know what these pins are. 
and that's a little weird. Hopefully, just like just test footage because that's a stunt man in the suit. But the way the right. suit the way the suit looks, period, I like it. Um, a lot of yeah. folks talk about the ears being a little long. Like I don't mind that. It makes me think about purple gloves, Batman, and shit like mm-hmm. that. So, but all in all, like I like the logo. I like the 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 hockey guard pads. I like all of it. All of this nice to me. I love all of it. This feels like a very early Batman. Him just figuring things out. Now right. the things on his wrist, I almost thought they were kind of like little dart launchers or something like that. You know, could be because like could be something that shoots out of his arm, like uh, kind of how Black Widow has. Yeah. Yeah, like Huntress. Because I'm thinking, like, if you're an early Batman and you're trying to find a way to not kill people, but you're trying to stun them or get past them, you would probably just off the top of your head go with darts. You know, now we know other things, but this is probably early Batman when he's not as adept to that kind of fighting style. And no battery. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. Just use Trank bar- darts, you know? That's not a bad idea. I like that. So, uh, yeah, I kind of, I'm interested to see what that'd be. What about his bike? What do you think about his the new bike cycle? It looks like it's really sleek. It's like it's really, like, really sleek and muscular at the same time like it's really damn fast like i'm really excited to see what it's done it's not like uh like dark knight's motorcycle where like it's kind of like no. really slender kind of like agile like his bike doesn't look this way like it's very meaty like uh, if someone gets in front of it they will probably get hurt and i like that it kind of reminds me of it's like a black version of the uh old batgirl cycle from like the early adam west batmans because it has like the back, front- the back symbol in the front yeah yeah exactly and I was just like, ah, that's, that's pretty dope. I like that a lot. And it has huge exhaust because I thought, okay, is this like a battery on the side there? A big battery? But no, it has these huge exhaust pipes. It's just all muscle. This thing's going to be a beast yeah. rolling down the... Oh. They, we, have some, like, we have 12 seconds of footage too where he actually crashes the bike. What? And you could hear that thing coming. Oh, you didn't see the footage? No. Oh, it's I'll, I'll link it to you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, it's him and uh, people are saying it's Catwoman, but it looks like it's just another stunt driver. Could be. They're coming yeah. and Batman wipes out. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> I'm all over that. But Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, overall, I'm really happy with this. Uh, so off of the earlier footage as well, what do you think of the bat signal in his chest with it look this metallic look? Have you heard the rumors of what you, people are suggesting that might be? It's his parents' uh, his parents' gun. They're like that fourth yeah, to do his Joe Chill's gun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, sorry, the gun, the gun that killed his parents, yeah. Right, right. Uh, I like that idea because it was incorporated in the comic books also, that like he melted down the gun and put it into his bathroom and he wears it everywhere he goes. Uh, yeah. Other iterations, like he had like the gun that killed his parents inside of his uh, his back cave in a mantle. So yeah, I think like it was really cool. Like if that's what that is, even if like not a big reveal or a surprise to us in the movie, like still having that in there, I think that's pretty damn badass. Yeah, I like the idea of, of him always bringing it with him. Uh, something to kind of like remind him of his parents, something like that. It's always good to have that on hand. Exactly. Uh, it just, it really harkens to this broken man who's trying to avenge his parents more. And I think like with Ben Affleck's version, other than the Martha moment, uh, we didn't see much of that. He was already kind of past his prime. He wasn't hurting from his parents. This version of Batman, you could tell, is still hurting from his parents' loss. I mean, that's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is uh, a lot of folks were annoyed by all the origins being retold over and over again. So they didn't want to see like the origin story told to us. So they didn't get like any kind of interaction with that. But I hear I hear what you're saying. We didn't get to see that with Ben Affleck. And I was not a big Affleck fan from the get right off the jump. Yeah. And after watching it, I still didn't like Ben Affleck. Uh, but I wouldn't mind seeing like his interac- interactions as young Bruce with his parents or him like actually grieving over his parents' loss, especially it being like X amount of years that he's been Batman. That would have been interesting to see, but we didn't get that. That's 
that's my key there is, is not so much seeing the whole, you know, them getting shot in the alleyway. No, I just wanted to see a Batman that was still affected by that in the same way. When Ben Affleck, maybe it's just his acting chops or something like that. I didn't feel like he was being affected by his parents' death the same yeah. way you do, you know, like Batman Begins or something like that, you know, or even Michael Keaton at some moments. Uh, it just feels like I, I'm excited to see a Batman who's still struggling with that. You know. Which would have been would have been like you know probably would have helped us out in that story, but like I feel when yeah. it comes back like to like the Matt Reeves Batman that's coming out soon, I feel like they're gonna take an approach from the Joker and make it more about mental illness with this character and go from yeah. there. Which I, I like that idea. I like the idea of it being grounded and stuff like that. Right. Uh, yeah. What do you think of the uh, popped collar he's got going on? <laughs> it's it's a little ridiculous, but uh, if it works, it works. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Probably I'm not for neck to, protection. I I guess maybe like it's just style. Hopefully, like uh, everything about this costume, unlike what they did with Batman Begins, like they showed us the costume, they talked about some parts of it, but hopefully they can make jokes about the costume while it's being made and talk about yeah. what the hell is going on with everything inside, like from like the the possible gun and the back logo to the ears being as long as they are, even with the collar and like the smaller cape. Like I'm really, I'm really just interested in hearing all of this and hopefully they talk about Superman inside this universe. Oh, that'd be, yeah, that'd be pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting a real kind of like it's cobbled together vibe, you know, it's again, early Batman. So yeah, I think it'll, it'll definitely change over time. And also if the flashpoint flash movie, that's going to be happening. Apparently like they confirmed it's going to be a flashpoint story. Hopefully yeah. they switch it out so like like that the Bruce of that universe is gone, and oh, this yes, and this Bruce is gonna take that spot. I would be. I'm already happy about that. All we have is a couple images. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I've been really I've been really wanting to see the uh, Jeffrey D. Morgan version of Thomas Wayne, Dude. Uh, being you know that Batman, which is just one of my favorite iterations of Batman. <laughs> hey, can you imagine <laughs> him so in a bat suit? Uh, he, I mean, he's got the build for it. Yeah. He actually could have been the Ben Affleck Batman if they wanted to. Probably would have been a lot cheaper. And that personality would just... That's the big thing with Batman is is everybody's like, well, why do you have to have a famous person? It's because you have to kind of have the personality shine through the heavy cowl. Yes. And in Superman, you want the other way around. You don't necessarily want the personality to overtake the Superman image. Exactly. So Jeffrey D. Morgan is perfect for that because, I mean, his personality just pours right out of it. It would be perfect. He knows how to put a little bit of himself and, like, his for himself, from what I've seen, is very charismatic, very, uh, very, very welcoming, even when he's playing, like, hardcore antagonists. So I hear exactly what you're saying, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else you want to get out there before we move on from the Batsuit? <sighs> just be good. <laughs> just please, please yes. be a good movie. Take your time, guys. Please. You just want a good movie. And like, keep hyping us. Like, I, I usually, yeah. I don't know sure if I said this on your show, but I know I said it on mine. I do not care for hype. Hype really bothers me. I don't really care for much of the MCU films. A lot of the DC films, I don't really care for either. But uh, I'm really getting hyped up about this. Like, I really want this to be good. Yeah, I, I'm excited for this as well. All right, moving on to Marvel. Uh, they're bringing in these dark variants coming this May. Uh, I know you've had a chance to check these 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 out. Oh, what yeah. do you think of of Marvel doing this? I've heard a lot of people complaining, like, "Oh, it's copying and stuff like that." Doing the, the Batman Who Laughs kind of idea. Uh, but what is your opinion on this? Dude, that's comics. Like people complaining about this. Um, I, I'm more of a DC stand and a Marvel stand. And um, mm -hmm. like, I 
like if you know comic books, you know that most of the characters that we see nowadays are copied from the DC proper characters. Like uh, Vision is pretty much Martian Manhunter. And uh, yeah. their Daredevil's costume was taken from Batman. Even like part of his character was taken from Batman. Uh, yeah. Cap- Captain America is pretty much like, you know, like a, a messed up, washed around Superman with a shield. Yeah. Like it's like Hawkman is really fucking, it's really Green Arrow. Like a lot of these yeah. characters are all just mixed up from like mostly DC characters, but the stories that you see are taken from each other. Like I was talking right, to you before right. about Deceased. Like deceased, new DC story, but like all like the DC characters are are infected with the zombie type virus. That's Marvel zombies. Yeah. yeah. So if they want to take a, and, if they want to take a page from Marvel Dark Knights and like by all means like have fun as long as it's good. Yeah. As the readers, we're the ones that get to enjoy it. it exactly. They're not going to take things that don't work. So they take the so say something that DC does works well. Marvel will take that and make their own version of it. It's not like they're going to take the bad stuff. They'll take the good stuff. So we're the ones that went out on this. <laughs> exactly. There's nothing wrong with it, you know? Uh, looking at these covers, uh, you reminded me so much. Deadpool was a good copy. Was it Deadpool yeah. first or was it Deathstroke that was first? Oh, it was Deathstroke. Hardcore Deathstroke. Okay. All day. And it's like Wade Wilson and what's the other name? Slade, Slade Wilson. Slade Wilson. <laughs> Real far stretch, right? Yeah. And they're like, oh, we'll mix it up. We'll put him in a Spider-Man uniform. <laughs> like, it's just... Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> And it was like it was actually uh, Rob Liefeld who did this too. So like of all people to do this, it had to be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the the fact that they share, it, we should be happy that they have this happy rivalry that they're always continuing over the years. Because it wouldn't be as uh, rich look, as it is, exactly. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, looking at the covers, do you have any favorites out of all out of any of these? Uh, I do like the S Factor one. I guess uh, it is very sexual, but like it looks good with all the colors the way yeah. it is. The Deadpool, like the Deadpool one you were talking about, is also really cool, but. Uh, my personal favorites has to be the Doctor Strange. It's because, like, just because of the way it looks, it just looks yeah. just. <laughs> I try not to use this very often, but it looks badass. And, it does. Uh, it really does. It just looks badass. Like I would, yeah. I would take this as a poster and hang it up on my wall. That's how. That's how cool For that sure. was. Yeah. And, and the other one has to be the Captain America one. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I know, like, it's a little bit devilish, but that's the whole theme of this whole thing. But it looks really cool. That's the I idea. love it. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, he has like the Antichrist logo instead of a regular star on his chest or whatever. And it's just so like, awesome. but he still has like the regular star. Like it's just upside down on the on his shield. It's a trip. It just looks really good. It's really well thought out. The armor looks like he's shed out of hell. Yes. Uh, it looks really cool. He looks kind like, like medieval a, a, a look. knight of hell. Yeah. 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 Which, I mean, he's got a shield. It's expected. Like that's perfect. <laughs> Uh, my personal favorite is the Doctor Doom one. He looks like he's like a gargoyle, some sort of metallic yeah. gargoyle, and uh, with a mace and everything like that. He just he looks awesome, and he still has. I mean, you can still tell that's Doctor Doom, which I think is a character from Marvel that does not get enough love. So uh, I'm really excited to see that coming up. He gets a lot of appearances, uh, oh, good, but not that much love. I agree with you. Like, yeah. And the one I don't understand is the Black Widow one, but I feel like you got to read that one to find out what's going on because she also has wings, and I don't understand why yeah. she would have wings. Doctor Doom, yeah, I get number like, two as well, so it's pretty early. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I guess it's whatever. Yeah, yeah. They all. I mean, even the Power Pack one looks fun, but I don't really know why it would be that. <laughs> it's, it's just one of those things. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's when I saw these two. One of the things that came to my mind is like early version of me would collect comic books based on their covers and how cool they looked. 
Second. And when I saw these, I was like, I actually want to collect them all. Like that's something that I have. Like normally now when I buy a couple books, it's because I really want a good story or it's continuation of a story I've been into so far. These are just like, I just want all these because they look neat. I mean, why would I not buy these? I mean, like, that's totally kind of what they're doing anyway. So why not just, like, you do what they want? Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, moving on to our next thing here. Uh, the big thing we're going to be talking about is our top five comic book adaptations. We'll go from five to one, uh, say what it is, and then kind of explain why, and then we'll just kind of discuss how much we like them and stuff like that. If there's All something right. that one of us says that the other one has on their list, we'll interject and say, like, that's my number two or whatever, and then we just get to both joy and enjoy the fun. Cool, cool. So we'll start with you. What is your number five comic book adaptation? I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, and I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but I really, <laughs> I watched it a lot. It's Spirit. The Spirit? Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I know. What you, yeah. The Will Eisner uh, character, it has Samuel mm-hmm. Jackson inside of it. It just, it was so cheesy. Had all, like, that blue screen in the background, and... It was just so lame that I, I just love watching it, and I watched it multiple times when it came out. No one else that I knew liked this movie, but I, for some reason, maybe because it was just Sam Jackson in it, I loved it. It was just so over the top. Yeah, I remember it being too cheesy for me to watch. Really, when it when it first came out, I was kind of like, "Eh, that's all right. I can pass on this one," <laughs> you know. But uh, I think I might have to go back and check it out. If you watch it like you yeah. watch John Carter, like it'll it'll be fun. Okay, that's it. Oh, that is a good one to put it up against. Mm-hmm. You're just like you know John Carter, <laughs> a masterpiece of okay CGI. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> My number five is gonna be Black Panther, the 2018 movie. I really like this one because when Ryan Coogler got this project, I was like, dude, how are you going to do this? This is yeah. kind of a new character for a lot of the mainstream you know, fans of MCU. But the and you're, Well, yeah, and, and you're introducing a continent uh, a, a, yeah, continent that hasn't been really touched a lot by Western media. And so I was like, how are you going to do this? And I mean, he got us all falling in love with Wakanda. Yeah. And that's one of my favorite parts about Black Panther is it's, it is about, yeah, Black Panther himself and T'Challa, but it's so much about Wakanda. And uh, I just, man, it was, it got you into it. Everybody afterwards was like, you know, Wakanda forever. And you got into it. You're all hyped about it. Everything was about this. Uh, I liked how they had the different accents. And then when you like looked behind why they did that, it's like, oh, that makes sense. And Chadwick Boseman, I think he did a really good job of bringing back uh, Captain. So Captain America, he's changed over the years. But the early Captain America, you know, in the MCU was all about this valor. And we kind of had lost that a little bit as he's kind of getting used to nowadays you know, the technology and stuff. Right. T'Challa brought that back. He is Valor. He's protecting his people. It's his people first. And he even goes against his father and his his ancestors when he sees what's actually right. And it's just like, man, that's just, that is a hero. And so uh, it may not be 100% to the comic books. There's a lot of things I hear complaints about that way. But I feel like in the spirit of a superhero, Black Panther nailed it. Everything you said that was positive about this, I loved. But that, that, but... (laughs) What I'm going to say is also controversial, and like, it was a good movie. I want to say that it was a good movie. Yeah. It deserved all the praise that it get. Everything you talked about, how people loved it, and like the Wakanda thing, like change how people see like characters or black characters or like the African continent, like all together. Uh, the movie was Civil War, but with Black Panther. That's what bothered me the most about that film. That, that's I could see that. That's why. That's why. Like, I can't put it on like on the, on the top five list. And I know I'm a black dude, and I'm saying this. Like, again, it's not a bad movie. Well, just- no, and, and it, yeah, but even beyond like race or anything like that, you just got to look at the story wise. And, and and I liked how it brought back a character that we can like follow as like exactly. he's just a good guy. 
that's the part that I, that kind of really, and then Wakanda was something that was like, man, that's really a whole new area. That's why I was concerned about, you know, how will he do? I never but thought of it I, like I didn't what think you about put how, it now. Yeah, and, and same thing with the way you put it. I didn't think about it being a retread <laughs> of Civil War. So you know, it's, we're learning things here. <laughs> like I never thought about like, like all these people are really like. There's a big majority saying Wakanda forever. Like that was a big thing for a very long time. Even like airports had Wakanda like flight trips going on. Like I just I never thought about like how like how big that? that is. Yeah. And it's just something for a Western audience, just like with like, uh, you know, the Wheel of Time is is a, a book series being adapted into a, a series, a TV series now pretty soon. A lot of people are excited for it because it's based off of Eastern like uh, uh, feudalism and stuff like that. Like, uh, you know, and it's a whole different era that we don't we always see like King Arthur's court and stuff like that. Right. It's a whole thing that we haven't been exposed to. And I just love that because it's it's taking some of the tropes I like and adding tropes I didn't know I would like yet. And, you know, you fall in love. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, man, I like that. Like, 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 I like the way you put that. You really made me think there for a second. That really happens, <laughs> man. Yeah. What do you got for uh, number four? Uh, number four is gonna be, hmm, it's gonna be Wanted. Okay. Ooh, man. When that came out, I was excited as a kid. Yeah. You didn't like that movie? Like now? No, I liked it a lot. No. Well, now, I mean, I, I'll give it a solid, good movie, but I haven't read the comics at all, and so I was just like, no. yeah, Angelina Jolie, she's cool, and I like how they bend the bullets. You know, that's that is, but it's limited for me. None of that is in the comic. None. Oh like, my god! <laughs> like they they bend the bullets in the comic book, but like that's not the main premise of the comic book. So like a oh, lot of man. stuff that's in the comic yeah. book, pretty much everyone in that world has superpowers, and there's like there's this organization of assassins inside of it, but mm -hmm. it doesn't it doesn't play out the way it plays out in the movie. Like the movie and comic book are two separate things. Oh, okay. So if you read the comic book and like you wanted to be like the movie, yeah, you're gonna be missing out. That's why reasons like that is why I stopped reading comic books or reading books before I see the movie, the TV show is because like it lets me down. Yeah. So much of the movie is basically around this whole bending the bullets thing. Yeah. It seemed like it was the whole point of the comic. Just a blip in the comics. <laughs> That's a trip. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> That's like <laughs> making a, a Green Lantern movie all about how good of a pilot, how Jordan is. Tons and tons of montages of how good of a pilot he is. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> At the end, he just picks up some random ring. <laughs> oh, hey, I got super proud. I don't need this play anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Real credits. <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like a bad anime. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's good stuff. Uh, <laughs> anything else you want to get out there by Wanted? Uh, no, no, that's, that's like, I like the cast. The cast was great. Like, in like the little nuances, it made me fall in love with the. Uh, Every day it's the same by Nine Inch Nails. It made me fall in love with that song all over again. So yeah, yeah, yeah you good heard soundtrack. That song. It takes you right back. It's depressing as hell, but it's a good song. Yeah, most most nineties rocks that way. Yeah, <laughs> listen to the words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, my number four is going to be the nineteen eighty nine version of Batman. Uh, I had to put a Batman on my wow. list, and I was like, okay, which one's it going to be? So eighty nine to me was kind of the start of taking comic book movies seriously. Uh, mainstream media embraced it. it. You had Jack Nicholson portraying Joker, which then became the bar for comic book movie villains until, I mean, Heath Ledger, really, in my opinion. You know, it, it, Tim Burton kind of captured this idea of Gotham that was, because before this, Batman was, this was before the animated series too, so Batman was kind of this weird character that that in live action, everybody would think, think of Adam West. And of course, the dancing Adam West or right. something like that. It was, or the comical bomb that he's trying to throw away. 
This one brought a dark Gotham, and I liked how Gotham, you couldn't pick what time it was in. It was either the 30s or the 90s or the 80s. You couldn't really pick it out. And, I mean, that was all to Tim Burton. That was a good move. And then Michael Keaton really did a good job of portraying the Bruce Wayne part of Batman, which was something that gets forgotten about a lot nowadays, uh, is how important Bruce Wayne is, too. So I, I thought it was a really good movie, and, you know, kickstarted you know, adult movies or uh, comic book movies, you know. It's hard for me to look at that movie in that lens nowadays. Like, I, I get exactly what you're talking about. And you saying all those things really brought me back to that time. But me watching that film now is difficult because we've had so many iterations of Batman. And, like, the Batman yeah. animated series, like, did the same thing that that movie did. But, like, in my opinion, it did it better Way and better. less cheesy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, like, I get what you're saying. And, like, like that that the reasons alone that you said the fact that they put all those tables inside of it and like it set the platform for all these things even if you put in bat nipples like because it got a little campy yeah. after that but like but still like it set the platform for all that kind of stuff i know blade yeah. really like really turned things around in the early 2000s but like mm -hmm. batman really like really kind of kicked it off for everyone like like we can get a serious-esque like superhero film so good good points all around for you yeah it kind of took it from like you know, in the 80s, if you think of comic books, it was like, oh, it's for the nerds to read. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I mean, they're selling Batman glasses at McDonald's. At like McDonald's. it's something that's mainstream, right? Using like using then, commercials and whatnot at, like, for Batman for McDonald's. Exactly. And and then, like like you said, the animated Batman series, I would argue, is the best version of Batman to date. Bar none. And yeah, it, it's just, it's perfect Batman. And a lot of the tone that they take from the Gotham itself is from like the Tim Burton version of Batman where it's that, very gothic-looking buildings, yep. and again, you can't exactly nail the timeline. I yep. love that. I do love the Archer kind of capitalized on that too. I, I, that was like the yeah. where you don't know what time period this is in. Like uh, Archer did the same thing, and they, they did it just as well as uh, Tim Burton Emperor's Tale. So yeah, yeah, kind of future tech with these old like '70s computers they're using exactly. to type in, yep. <laughs> you know, different things. Yeah, it's great. All right, what are we looking at for your number three? Uh, number three, um, I feel like I'm getting so much flack for, like, from my entire list. It's um, <laughs> it's Logan. Okay, yeah, no, th that's a great choice. Yeah. I, I don't want actually that cutout should be on my list. Actually, <laughs> that's a good choice. I was I was gonna I was gonna make a Deadpool, but Deadpool's not on this list, just so you guys know. But uh, I was gonna make a Deadpool, but I was like, you know what? No, Logan. Logan's like it's such a good movie, and yes. you. I'm not sure about you. When you saw this film, I saw it with my buddy, and I was on the edge of my seat the entire time watching this movie. Oh my god, yeah, dude. There was, I mean, yeah, there wasn't a moment while I was watching this film. I was saying to myself, like, "Oh, this is a really slow scene. Why am I watching this?" Like, no, not at all in this movie. Like, wow, like every part in this movie makes sense. The story was cohesive. Like, you cared about the characters. Like, you were wondering like, what was going to happen because you didn't really know what was going to happen. Like, everything about this movie was good, and it, it's really bothersome. Like, this was the last one of that series for Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart. But like, yeah, that, that is, that is my number three right there. It, perfect choice, dude. I mean, it has excellent closure for two major yes. characters of that era of X-Men uh, movies. And I, I had heard recently that they basically don't want to take up the mantle again because of how good Logan was. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't want to tarnish that one. I can remember that final shot so well. Cause I was just like, what a tour de force in the comic book world, but of that pan back of the wooden cross. And you're just like, yeah, man, this this is kind of where we need to go from here on out. These are how comic book movies should be done, right? Uh, it, it was it was a great end, and I mean, Old Man Logan. It started a whole new series mm -hmm. of comic books now of like Old Man Hawk or you know Old Hawkman and stuff like that. People are going out there and making. 
Uh, yeah, what a great choice, and I'm really surprised it's not on my list. That's a good one. I just like I, I even think that Wonder Woman took like some took some elements from that film or put it inside the Wonder Woman film because like the tone kind of matches it a little bit. At least like that's me talking. Yeah, especially the first two acts where she's kind of going through World War Two, yeah. World War One, and stuff like that. That 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 town scene is very Logan. Yeah, and like when and when Trevor dies, like you feel that same kind of yes. kind of pain as you felt when Logan died because like you got such a closeness with this character. Even in this one film, they're like they kind of match that like that western noir kind of feel. Even in like the yeah. the superhero Wonder Woman film, like it was very it was very cool. Yeah, it's the same thing they're doing for the Mandalorian in that sense, where it's it is like this western that you're following along and uh, you're 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 following all over the character who doesn't show his emotions well, right. and you're seeing how they're being protective and it, it's it's that classic samurai and western kind of thing. Uh, yeah, man, it's a great choice. More so with Mandalorian, because you can't see his face. So yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty great. Uh, okay, my number three, and this was going to be actually a TV show adaptation, but it's The Walking Dead, ooh, AMC's. Ooh. From 2010 oh. to current. See, now I feel like you did with Logan. That's a good one. Go on, please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, okay, this is the comic book's written by uh, Robert Kirkman. Uh, this He was doing this one from 2003 to 2019. Robert Kirkman, I mean, he's just one of those guys. I, I love his Oblivion song. He does a really good work. Uh, I like how the show dips in and out of the comic book you know, continuity, they pull kind of what's good and they kind of try out their own things. Some of the things they've tried on their own, like Daryl, which is one of the best characters in the show, right. <laughs> uh, completely invented for the show. And I think now, if you look at how the show has gone from here on out, I think he still sticks true to what, um, to what Robert Cookman envisioned in the first few comic books. You know what I'm saying? I think he's still kind of part of that old school walking dead, uh, kind of loner surviving and stuff like that and how he interacts with community. When other characters have evolved, he hasn't evolved the same way. And I'm like, man, he really feels like he's a part of the comic books, although he's not actually in it. It's kind of nuts. Daryl is definitely the, the Harley Quinn of Robert for Robert Kirkman, yeah. Yeah, he, he almost stands out of it. He's like, if you got the foreground and stuff like that, he's he's up ahead of it a little bit to where you're like, are you a narrator? Are we you? What It's kind of, he's like the audience member almost. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I, I, I also think Robert Kirkman is like the new... I think he's the new like Stanley, like, uh, and I know that that's, that's both full, like very that's bold words. Out there, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. But like uh, with Invincible and with uh, with this Walking Dead that he has right now, and I'm pretty sure he's gonna come out with some more stuff. I know Robert Kirkman's not finished doing what he's doing, but I, right. I, I definitely feel that Kirkman has that same type of feel that Stanley had when uh, when he was doing this thing. He's just not yeah. as much in the spotlight as Stanley was. But I'm telling you, I. Give it, give it a couple more decades, and people are gonna be like speaking the name of Robert Kirkman the same way they talk about Stanley. Yeah, this feels kind of like the uh, Jack Kirby days, where mm -hmm. where Stanley and Jack Kirby are just sitting there, like, boom, let's invent something crazy every day. Like it's just awesome. Like Otley, and Otley and uh, Otley and Kirkman, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And uh, if you haven't read Oblivion Song, man, I can't suggest it enough. It's kind of this little thing he's doing on the side, and I'm like, man. I, AMC, you're gonna be buying this. I know you will eventually. <laughs> so it's 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 really good. Uh, but yeah, that's mine. So uh, what is your number two? Number two, number two is Civil War. <laughs> you were just talking smack. <laughs> how, about, how about this? My number two is Civil War slash Black Panther. That's my that's my number. Okay. Because <laughs> like I feel like I, I if I'm gonna put another slash, it'll be like Civil War slash Black Panther slash Thor because they all had the same kind of story to it. But yeah, yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah, they really do, man. <laughs> yeah, fighting brothers basically all the way through. Dude, right. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, it, it was just it was a uh, it was the first. I wouldn't well I refer because Thor was first, but uh, they did it better than than Thor was. It was a full on spy thriller. It's a movie that's good by itself. You can take that label yeah. comic book and just toss it in the garbage because like the movie by itself is absolutely amazing. And just like mm-hmm. uh, just like Logan was for me, where it didn't have any bad moments. Like you, if I was on the edge of my seat. I was biting my nails, wondering like, what the hell is gonna happen? I feel like Captain yeah. America is really gonna die inside this movie because that's honestly what I thought was gonna happen. Like, is Chris Evans still doing any more Avengers movie? Because yeah. I feel like he's gonna die in this movie. You know, it's funny that you bring that up because I, I, I think that movie more than any other movie, including Endgame, I was looking at people's contracts. You know, yeah. saying and you're trying to figure out like, okay, where's this gonna go? Like, we know how the comic book goes. How's right? this one gonna go? And uh, yeah, it, it was just, it was kind of like so much stuff. It was such a treat too, because it was kind of like a mini Avengers and it came after Age of Ultron, which felt a little flat. Exactly. And this one was just like fire, fire, fire. And we had Spider-Man coming in, Black Panther. Yes. Yeah, and like fucking so uh, uh, Fury was presumed to be dead. Like you didn't know what yeah, was going uh, on with that. Like and then you see Bucky grabbed the shield with just one hand, like it's robotic. Even if you read the comic yeah. books, seeing that, was like my like whoa did he yeah. just catch that damn shield are you <laughs> kidding me right now oh man i mean that's a good moment but nothing got me more just shouting in the theaters is like an end game of spoilers guys when cap grabs the uh mjolnir like i was yelling <laughs> i was so excited <laughs> i was like oh shit i can die now it's okay <laughs> and then he says avengers assemble and i'm done <laughs> like that's it all right well i guess i, can just, I don't need to watch the rest of this i can just go home now. life complete <laughs> uh but yeah civil war really good choice man that's a good one like they have to be my that's... number two like if it's not my number two i'm not a good comic book fan yeah <laughs> that's a good one I'm really surprised we haven't had any crossovers yet normally that always happens so that's pretty you crazy would, you would figure like like even like with Black Panther being introduced in Civil War that like you would have saw maybe a crossover again with just like just two other characters I think that's probably what the TV show is going to be all about like for a good platform for the crossing over to happen yeah and I know Hawkeye doesn't have like I know well I know that Renner won't be on Hawkeye anymore but I'm pretty sure, like when things die down, with what went on with him and his wife, that they can possibly sweep into like into that show or put him inside like Falcon and Falcon and Winter Soldier, put him inside that as a Scarlet Witch TV show. Although I don't know what's going on with Scarlet Witch and Vision, so I don't. Unlike most of you, I did not watch Endgame, so like I know that scene because I've seen tons and gifts of it. Did but, uh, I spoil Endgame for you? No, oh you my didn't. god! The internet, the internet spoiled Endgame for me. I was about to be very upset with myself. You're you're perfectly fine. Like it, uh, I saw tons of spoilers for Infinity Wars. Like okay, I guess I'll yeah. watch this movie. There's so many gifts and jokes about it. Oh man, go watch Endgame and then appreciate Black Panther better. <laughs> That's the thing. You, right you know there. what? I heard he dies as I was like, you may be right about that. Yeah. Yeah. He he steps up. You were like. That boy right there is leading the MCU from here on out. You were just like hyped because he was carrying it. Because he's, that one. he's the new new head. No, it's uh, Carol's the new head of Avengers, but he's a part of Avengers now, right? Well, he, okay. Whoever has a title, yeah, he's part of Avengers, but whoever has a title doesn't matter because when he's stepping up with like the troops behind him, you're just like, yeah, man, I'd follow you in battle. Like, I don't see why anybody <laughs> else wouldn't. 
just like Cap, you know, just like Cap is, that's the aura that you're getting off of Black Panther. Now. That's the aura. Okay. just kind of struts up and you're just like, yeah, I'm falling around like right behind you, man. I'm good. Let's do this. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to take it, but I know like, like you're trying to get your number two out too, but I really hope when yeah. you bring the Fantastic Four out that they, they incorporate the Black Panther along with them. Like that, that's, yeah. all, that's all I ask because the Black Panther is kind of synonymous with like with the Fantastic Four. And I know that you can say the same thing with uh, the Hulk and Wolverine, but uh, I just, mm-hmm. I really like, cause you know, that's that's where they started from, like Punisher and Spider-Man, because like that's where they got their first appearances from. Right. But I really like the story of Black Panther and like in Reed Richards is just an incredible story. I just really hope they incorporate that when, uh, when time comes. Well, and, and I'm a big fan of the Illuminati. I hope that at some point we get to that. I know that we have to adjust it. <sighs> and like, you know, and get some different castings on, yeah. Yeah, but I, I really think the Illuminati, I, I want to see that. So, uh, yeah, we need Reed Richards in there. And, you know, I, I really hope they buy the Avengers Tower. So I'm just, you know, I'm all excited for this. Hopefully we get that coming right away. I was just talking to uh, Squeaks, another guy on our podcast, about that this morning. He's like, hey, man, I think I'm going to watch, or I think I'm going to start reading Fantastic Four. I'm like, yes, please do. Like, that's there's nothing wrong with that. But, uh, you know, yeah, they, they finally have I'm, comics. I'm for it. Yeah. And, you know, you know, after those two, three years, that I haven't read them yet, but the art looks amazing. Yeah. Well, you know, you know about the whole scandal with that Marvel, like the Marvel comic book company said they're going to stop oh, making yeah. Fantasy Four comic books because the Fox Marvel company still had the rights to the movies. So, oh, we we both know that wasn't Marvel doing that. That was so. That was uh, Disney doing that. That was trick. Disney. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was Disney that was, doing that. That was the bank accounts rolling that one out. That was <laughs> all too that. Bad. That's all that was. Yeah. You're absolutely correct. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, my number two is going to be Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Wow. Uh, 2010 movie. Yeah, the reason I picked this one, you know, is direct. A lot of these movies I realized I picked because of the directors. Uh, this one was directed by uh, Edgar, Wright. Ed, uh, Edgar Wright, who did Shaun of the Dead and, right. and Hot Fuzz. I he love those did movies. Hey Man. Yeah. Oh man, I would love to have seen that. Would have been uh, probably visually been a lot this movie. Yeah, right. Yeah, because Ant Man's it's my last two. Uh, <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> whenever we rank them, I'm just like, okay, Ant Man's one or two. Okay, who's above that? Yeah. It was a funny movie, but above. yeah, not that good. <laughs> it's just not. Yeah, I go to see him because they're MCU because they've got me. But that's about it. That is no other reason. But yeah, so the it's visually stunning, and they did something unique in the fact that they use the, the little. Well, there's a lot of CGI. In it, don't get me wrong, a lot of computer graphics in this. Uh, but the way they used them to create this video game. Uh, it's like it's like Scott Pilgrim thinks in video games, which I think all of us at some point in our times have done this. And and watching this, it almost feels timeless. Like these graphics are going to hold up forever. Like if you were to go watch uh, the T Rex in Jurassic Park one, the original one, you're like, man, that thing is dated. I respect it, but it's super dated. And if you were to go watch the Scott Pilgrim graphics ten years later, they look like they just came out. They're so good, and it's because they try to mimic video game graphics. So they're they are timeless. We're all retro gamers at one point or another. And uh, I don't know. There's something about it that's just... I remember very well a friend of mine, he texted me one day. I wasn't going to go see it. I was like, oh, I'll wait for it to be out on DVD or something like that. He texted me and he's like, hey, man, I don't know how to describe this, but Scott Pilgrim is somehow beautiful. And you need to go watch this so we could talk about it. So I did. And I'm like, yeah, man, I can't describe this thing I just saw. It's so neat and it's so wonderful. And, uh, and yeah, so it captured something like reading a comic book. Like it captured that medium and put it on a movie, and I can I didn't think that could happen, and it was right in front of me. It's so hard to describe it. <laughs> and and the most like uh, I not like the the most non mushy way, but still like has some mush inside of it, which like you know full on emotions. It's like Scott mm-hmm. Pilgrim is very beautiful. It has it has heart. 
It has deception. It has uh, yeah. It has like perseverance. It has tons of grit inside of it. It has a. Uh, it has love in like a, a coming age story inside of it. Also, it has like all those different yeah. elements inside of it. But you know, you still see Scott Pilgrim for what he really is. Like he's not the nicest person. He's not like no, he's not like he, like the best person either. Yeah. And like you still get to see his struggle. Yeah, he he's he's actually probably not the good guy. Uh, the good guy that you know should be knives of the whole story. Yeah. And uh and in the comic book it has a different ending, but you know, you're like, okay, I get what you guys are doing, you gotta sell this to the media, you gotta sell this to the to the masses. But yeah, the whole time you're kinda like, Yeah, you're you're kind of a dick. <laughs> like, why am I rooting for you? And yeah, you are. You're like beat up these ex boyfriends who, you know, they're just all by your perception the bad. But uh yeah, it's it's interesting. It's the way that it happens, it's weird. And like with with the character Naya, like who I really cared about more than anyone. Like Ramona Flowers were cool. She was like she was cool, yeah. but the fact that like that, that Scott Pilgrim's essence himself like manipulated and changed knives as a person, and like it gave her like an awakening about who she wanted to be and how she saw relationships and love. That was like that was a cool message for a lot of people to see, and like I really appreciated that. Yeah, especially for like if you watch it, if you try to watch it when you're in high school, when you're you're going through what Nice is going through, like should I change myself to fit in or to right. you know match who I like or something like that? Watch that movie and you kind of like, look, we're all figuring shit out and it doesn't make sense to any of us. And if you just knives at the end of it who's confident and like, look, this is who I am. If you want to be with me, this is who I am. That's who you should be. Or act like Ramona the entire time. That too, you know, it, it's it's Scott that's the bad guy <laughs> and, I, and we're rooting for him, of course. Honestly, yeah. But, you know, it's it's the two uh, uh, leads there, the female leads, that are like, those are examples of how you should lead your, your high school life when you're trying to figure it all out. You know, it's it's complicated, and yet they find who they are, and they just stick with it. And that, that's the coming of age part, too. Like, you know, making mistakes yeah. and finding out who you are and what you want to do and how you want to see yourself and how you want others to see you. Because it's all about, it's a little bit of narcissism inside this also from all the characters inside this film. Like, even, like, even the exes of Ramona Flowers and Scott Pilgrim. Like, it was just, it was a fun little whirlwind with all these characters and, like, and seeing, like, how they reacted to someone either dating their exes or someone, like, uh, <clears throat> changing their lives or, like, the, the things that, like, they, they feel at the time but they can't put into words but they put into action instead. It was just, yeah. it was a fun trip, man. It was a fun trip. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And the fact that, like, like how you said, they're putting it into action. A lot of this movie was... Th- is Scott Pilgrim not having the words, and so he would almost portray it through action and through the the graphics that we saw, the the CGI that we saw, uh, and so it was kind of like another way of portraying your emotions. Just like it's almost like that Mortal Kombat fight that they kept doing back yeah. and forth. It was kind of this running theme that was, you know, a metaphor to his struggles, and that's why there's the shadow version of him and stuff like that. And and the fact that it relates back to comic books and a lot, of course, to video games, and it's just like how did they mix all these mediums together and relate so perfectly to uh you know i think our generation where we're like yeah okay i remember so much playing these games and you know freaking you know wonder years and stuff like that these kind of shows these coming of age stories they all got mashed together it was, and, it, it really and they weren't great. tripping over each other like like they were no. they were oh, doing no. all these things like and like you said with action like i was saying before with action like it's it's metaphorical and literal action like they are fighting yes. and like it is versus inside this title for a reason because they are fighting but they're also fighting with their with uh, the words they don't have, with the music that they play, with uh, with all the graphics that you were talking about, and all like the mesh of comic book and, and video games and other type of nerdums that they just blend all together and just it all it just works. 
it just really yeah. works. Yeah, that, that yeah, it's one of those movies I think is going to stand the test of time. Oh yeah, it's going to be a cult cult favorite. Like uh, like how Rocky Horror is. Like a lot of people are going to be exactly. watching this thing like in old theaters, like we're quoting the entire words and singing the songs. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll probably be there with them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what do you got in at number one? Oh come on, I mean like I got a Batman tattoo on my chest, man. Like the number one. All right, here we go. I, I was hoping you'd have a Batman. I was like, where's my Batman at? Come it's, on, it's <laughs> Dark Knight. It's, it's, it's the Dark Knight. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's mad respect for that. There's no doubt. My personal, uh, I don't really care for Nolan's directing of late. I think mm-hmm. he let, like, you know, him being a success get to his head. But uh, yeah. The Dark Knight is is hands down the best movie I have ever seen in my entire life. And I have seen thousands upon thousands of films. That is and, high praise. Yeah. Like, I love this movie. The acting was stellar. The cinematography was amazing. Like, it yeah. had, like, six IMAX, like, shots scenes inside of it the opening scene with the clowns are robbing the bank and like they all killing each other people are still copying that in comic books right now like that whole that yeah. whole trope of like the clowns killing each other like to like to have one left and like joker kills the last one that is still happening in comic books right now and they're still copying that like the the theme that they had the theme pretty much of this movie to me i'm getting really excited i know the theme of this movie to me is just uh is you don't know who you are. You don't know what you have. And you don't know what you trust or what you love until all of it is taken away from you. Or you got to make a, yeah. a, a defining decision in your life. And honestly, that decision could be like the best decision you make or the worst decisions you make. And that's that's what they did the entire time of this movie was make decisions. That's what Joker yeah. made. Made Batman. Made Gordon. Made Rachel. Made Harvey. Made everyone in that movie make a decision about what they wanted to be and who they wanted to be. And yeah, they said it out loud quite a few times, like like that's what this is about. But to see it happen and like how the Joker pulls all these little strings for everyone was absolutely mm-hmm. breathtaking. Yeah, they and and another like level to that is Joker going around with all the plans. Yeah, and everybody and he's talking smack about how like. Oh, you they're planning too much. And yet it comes down to that last decision. It doesn't matter what the plans are, because like with Lucius Fox at the end, uh, putting in the password, then you see what really happens. Uh, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you just, it doesn't matter what the plans are. It matters at that moment, do you pull the trigger? You know, what do you do? Do you use this technology that's bad? Do you, do you drop Joker? You know, it doesn't matter what the plan is. It matters at that moment, is the trigger pulled? And you're right. It's all about these decisions and who they made. It's, it's something else. It's crazy. Because even the Joker had a plan. Like, even like the Joker yeah. had plans the whole damn movie. But like, he had to have. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But he didn't fear the consequences. That was the big, yeah. he didn't, he didn't fear what would happen if I made the choice. Like, okay, so I'm going to take all this money and I'm going to burn it and I'm going to kidnap all these mobsters. I'm going to hold doctors hostage. I'm going to kidnap these news reporters. I'm going to put them all in one building and I'm going to wait for Batman to show up. And see what happens because you know I just killed his uh, his love interest because he obviously yeah. loves this woman because I threw her out of a window and he chased after her so he obviously cares about this person and I want to see what happens because either he's gonna kill me or he's not gonna kill me and we're gonna see what yeah. happens with that and that's and that's what he did he did all those things he, he knew either Batman was gonna kill him or Batman wasn't gonna kill him and Batman didn't kill him and and he loved it. Yes. Yeah. I'm not praising the Joker. Just I want to say that clearly. Like I, I don't, I don't do the whole let's praise villains things. I like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have villain toys. I don't. 
buy villain merchandise because I feel like that's toxic in itself. That's just that's just me. That's who I like. If you guys buy villain stuff, like that's all fine and dandy. Just don't buy Hydra because that's that's literally Nazi. That's, that's <laughs> Nazi, guys. Just saying. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, <literally. laughs> but uh, like that that was that was insane that he did that did that thing and like it worked out. It worked out in his favor because either either option for him, he was well prepared to do. Batman wasn't making willing to make those choices, and that's what that's kind of what Alfred was trying to tell him with the whole gem story. Like the guy who was throwing rubies out, just giving away to kids and stuff like that. Like, dude, yeah. he he doesn't care about choices. He did this because he could, and then he did the other thing also because he could. And that's what Batman right. doesn't do. Batman has rules. He has a set of rules and guidelines he goes by. Joker doesn't. Yeah. And, and, and it brings my favorite part of Joker out, too, that a lot, of, a lot of people don't talk about, is this idea that Joker exists because of Batman and that all he wants to do is basically compete against Batman or to to play against Batman as a, two actors, you know what I'm saying? Right. And, and uh, there's this, I can't remember what comic book it came from, but the idea that Joker killed these two guys that were going to go out and kill Bruce Wayne. And it was like, no, 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 type of thing. And I love that part of the uh, power jo- about Joker is the idea that he's He's in it for the game and it's not necessarily to become the richest mob boss or anything like that. No, he's out there because he just wants to see what happens and he knows that Batman is the variable and he wants to see what can, you know, it's not the cops, the cops he knows it's Batman. He wants to know what's going to happen with Batman. Exactly. I, I love that part. Like, um, there's always a positive and negative with, with protagonists and antagonists. Like, uh, mm-hmm. no matter how, like how you see the character, how they see themselves, like the, the, the plus that we see is Superman. The negative is Lex Luthor. Like they're like they're the polar opposite. That's why they have like such a uh, a constant struggle with each other. With uh with the X Men, it could either be the government or Magneto, depending on how you look at it. Well, uh, with uh, with Iron Man, it's either is is it was the Mandarin. Like with Iron Man, mm-hmm. it was the Mandarin. With Batman, it's the Joker. Like he is. Yeah. Like some people say it's Rachel Ghoul, some could probably say it's, it's, it's a Riddler, but like we all know, it's it's the Joker. Yeah. And however you see Batman, however high of a pedestal you put him on, like however incredible, like you know, he well he's Batman. Like however like many times you say that, like you have to get that same kind of credit to the Joker because he is the very opposite, but you know the exact same as him in the negative like most disturbing possible way. Uh, now, do you think this movie would have done as well if it weren't for Heath Ledger's acting? Uh, uh, this is <laughs> kind of putting me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> no, it You're wouldn't. not going to make any friends today. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would not have done as well without Heath Ledger. Like, okay, I don't, yeah. I don't care if you put Joaquin Phoenix inside of it. Uh, I don't care if Jared Leto playing like those same scripts. Uh, no, Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger, redefine the joker for the 2000s like uh yeah. people gonna look back probably like in 19 in 2040 something 2050 look at the films that came out in the early 2000s see the dark knight like wow wow like uh and they yeah. look at the comic books of the same era like he he changed how people saw that character just how you said before michael keaton changed how we saw batman that dude changed how we saw the Joker. Like Heath yeah. Ledger changed how we saw the Joker. And you can probably say like Frank Miller changed how we saw Batman and like Tim Burton just like kind of like, you know, 
change all of that and Keaton just played the character. But it's like all about what you see. And we see yeah. Keaton as Batman. We saw Heath Ledger as the Joker. And those two, those two, Jack Nicholson did some cool stuff as a Joker and he changed that character around too. But that Heath Ledger Joker is still around. And I don't think like we can substitute Heath Ledger for Arthur Flick, Joaquin Phoenix Joker, because the Heath Ledger Joker yeah. is just way too intimidating and like a, a great competitor to Batman. And I, it, it, you had a good point there too, as well that that Heath Ledger changed how Joker is from here on out. Like, like yes, in the comic books, in the video games, either even yeah. was, you know the Arkham Knights and stuff like that. It, it all is based off of the that Heath Ledger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, great example. It's that oh, man. It's something hard to describe, but it's just that passion that he has, and it's something that that is not a mob boss. It's beyond all that. It's yeah. like he goes to another level. That's beyond whatever. Like we almost feel like we're below the fight between him and Joker, him and Batman. Like we're just watching these two, and we hope that our side wins. But we're not on the same level as them. And it's just, it's a neat, it's it's great. We're very lucky to have him. And this is a spoiler. I'm not sure if you watch the show. I'm like, you still gotta be your number one. Like I hate to hype you guys up like this, but I just finished watching Harley Quinn, the TV show Harley Quinn. And like the fun that you say that like, like we're just uh, to we're just watching like their fight go on. We're like just like people along for the ride as they fight and do their things and they didn't exactly do this in the harley quinn show but they actually they kind of nodded to that inside the show that like uh the joker and batman like they're superior to the humans inside that world like they're right. even, even more so than justice league even more so than, like than all the other like superpower characters in the world because they got their own thing going on and as we know from like you know tabula rasa uh if you fuck with batman he will mess you up and yeah. as we learn from Emperor Joker or, you know, uh, the Joker who laughs, if you mess with Joker, he will mess you up. Like he, like yeah. these, both of these characters, like I said before, they're, they're opposite of each other, but they're still in the same standing of each other. And if you mess with these characters, they will mess up your day because they yeah. can do that. That's what that's, that's all they do. They think about stuff like they're both human. They both have no powers. They both like have like the idea and stuff like that. All I do is think, all I do is have like a way to get out of something, and I don't really care about that. And that's how they see it. You know what just came to my to, to the top of my brain here? You don't really see Superman try to pick a fight with Joker. No. No, you don't. <laughs> that kind of just came to me, and I'm like, that's a really good testament to Joker. <laughs> like, Superman's not justice? trying to pick a fight yeah. with him. <laughs> you mess with Joker, he, he may make you kill your wife and your kid. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> that's like the inciting incident. <laughs> yeah, like, that's right. He doesn't do it. He'll make you do it. Yeah. Oh, man, that is crazy. Man, you got a good number one there. I love this good in-depth conversation about one of the best movies. I actually just watched, so I had uh, my nephew and niece over uh, for a night, All and right. they wanted to watch a movie. I'm like, okay, well, we're watching Batman then, because I was reading I was reading uh, Super Sons with the with, uh, niece. Oh, nice. And uh, so anyways... Yeah, I was like, oh, she wants a kid's book. I'm like, I don't have a kid's book, but I got comic books. So we're watching Super Arena Super Sons. Anyway, so like, let's watch Batman so you can see this character that we're pointing at in here. And we're watching Dark Knight because I was like, that's the best one. And uh, <laughs> and we, we're watching and it gets like past the uh, the bank scene and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, we're bored. We want to watch Peter Rabbit and blah, blah, blah. It's whatever. What? I'm like, you guys. Yeah, I know. I'm like, you guys just saw that, that was Joker, right? You guys, did you miss that or rewind it? It was Joker that was killed him at the end, right? You guys caught that? <laughs> and they were like, they didn't care. So I need new nephew and nieces. <laughs> Mine are no good. <laughs> either no, that or like you know the, the injustice game like the other video games out there like jaded them so much and they're like you know 
that doesn't bother him anymore. My goodness, that's crazy. <laughs> I'm like waiting because my nephew's like, he's like nine right now. So I'm like, okay, is he ready for Arkham? I don't know if he's ready for Arkham Knights and all those. Because that'll just like, that'll sink him in. Be, they haven't watched the animated series yet either. But if they play those Arkham Knight games and like play those Scarecrow levels and stuff like that, oh, you're, you're in. You're locked in. Dude, that terrified me. I was like in my 20s when I played that game. So I hear you. I, I realized that I, like, I think you got to be like in your teenage, like older teenage years, like to really appreciate the, the animated series and like the Batman movies. Exactly. Because like that, no offense to like, you know, younger folks, but attention fans nowadays are not what they used to be. And I think like you really got to like get, get one with yourself and settle down a little bit in your mind, like to actually appreciate stuff like this because, and again, this is the old guy talking. When I was younger, I didn't have like all like the stuff that we have, like TikTok and streaming networks yeah. and all the different channels that you can watch and YouTube. We didn't have all that like when this stuff was coming out. And if we did, it was very limited. So you get like your mind going a million miles a minute. But to watch these movies, like you got to pay attention to what's happening because every detail matters. It's the nuances too. Like mm-hmm. it, it kind of reminds me of Shawshank Redemption. I could rewatch Shawshank Redemption. Just same thing with Dark Knight. Every time I'll catch something new that I didn't catch before, just the way nope. somebody looked at somebody else, and you're like, "Ah, shit, that changes the story, really," because it changes that character. So, yep. it, it's amazing. And yeah, trying to get a nine year old to watch those and be like, "Did you catch that?" <laughs> Doesn't mean much to <laughs> no? him. No, you want to go back and play your video games? Okay. <laughs> I guess go play Fortnite, whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Oh, goodness. <laughs> okay. Uh, going on to my number one, uh, we have Watchmen, the 2009 version. Ooh. Uh, yeah. The I reason this is my list. number What's that? I almost put it on my list. I almost put that on my list. Yeah, it's it's got to be up there for me because before this, I didn't read Watchmen. So this was my introductory to Watchmen. Wow. Yeah, and and it, then it's like, oh, okay, well, let me check out this comic book. Oh, okay, it's the comic book. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? So... Uh, Zack Snyder, I got to give him crazy props for trying this, where he actually used panels from the comic books to recreate the movie. And that's what his storyboard was, the actual panels. Uh, and so if you rewatch the movie, you'll catch a lot of the same shots done over and over again. Uh, the very ending has changed. And I kind of, I understand why it made the, the ending change. I don't like what it does for Dr. Manhattan's character for the future, but uh, I get it. Uh, but man, the the faithfulness that, that it really took, the I, it's funny because it's my number one, but I'm trying to like say it's it's perfect except for that's how I'm gonna have to describe this, except for the ending and what it does to Doctor Manhattan and the fact that it kind of made everybody a little bit too strong to where they're superheroes and in the comic books it's very important to understand that only Doctor Manhattan is superhero everybody else is just wearing costumes and can punch good, and like the perfect example is the Prison Break in the Prison Break scene when you compare the two, the comic book is much more just like uh, things are going crazy okay let's get in here let's, it's a kind of a little hectic and in the movie it's like. Yeah, Bratman's punching. You know, that's what Owlman looks like. Or Night Owl. Um, but yeah, it, it was very true to the comic books. And I think he tried to stay truer than I've seen any other comic book uh, adaptation go. You know what I'm saying? I think he really tried to go as close as possible. It was a possible. true adaptation. I agree with you, yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't too much care for that movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I respect it for what it was because all the things that you just said, like, it did copy the movie like verbatim. I copied the comic books verbatim. It uh, had a lot of panels from the comic book inside the film. I didn't like the fact that uh, the humans, they, like they were very, like, super powered. Like, they can jump really higher than most people. They can punch a little bit harder than some others. And uh, the nuances in the comic books was not in the movie, but this is... This is like one of the times that I read the comic book immediately before I saw the film. So that that could be part of the reason why I feel this way. But 
Yeah. It just it didn't it didn't stick with me the way that I and I wanted to like this movie. I really like. I wasn't like I'm gonna love this. It's gonna be a lot like the comic book, but like you know, but better. But like it was exactly like the comic book, but not as not as not as like as in depth as the comic was. And I feel like the comic book was more yeah. in depth than the movie. Yeah, and just the little things like uh, the perfect example I always use is. In the movie, they don't do a good enough job explaining the guy who sells newspapers and the kid reading on, on next right. to him. That relationship is so vital in the comic books. And in the movie, they don't really capture that. But in the comic books, you're getting this kind of like it's humanity and how we kind of put up with each other and find almost it's like a companionship version of love. There are, there uh, are and just avatars. being humans next to each other. What's that? They were our avatars in that in that whole exactly. story. Exactly. Like they they were us. Yeah. They were like they were like the Harry Potter. Like you know how Harry Potter's the avatar for us when we watch Harry Potter. Like the avatar mm-hmm. of us was like was the guy the news saying and the kid reading the comic book. That was us. Like yeah. living in this world. Like we're supposed to be like these like two small people seeing all this stuff that's happening and like they were supposed to like show us like all that stuff that's happening but it didn't translate very well, like and stuff like that. Little nuances like that is what, uh, what, what didn't do for me. That and like in the story that Night Owl One told from his book about like the guy at the, at the dealership and his wife and like how he killed himself. Like that, that was a pivotal moment because that was that was one of the reasons why he wanted to be a superhero. But like it was after that situation that happened to him, and like that wasn't inside the story. Yeah. Like if you read like every yeah. every inch of that comic book, like you saw that little that little blurb front and not all one like book and that was right. in there. And under the hood, yeah. Yeah, under the hood. And like yeah. that that wasn't that wasn't in there. Like it was disappointing not to have that in there. And a lot of the like the pirate the, the comic book within a comic book wasn't in the original movie. It is in the extended cut apparently. Right. Uh and, Rob and in the comic book it's important. I, to me in the movie when I watched the extended version, I'm like, ah, oh, this this actually slows it down too much. I think the reason that this is my number one so much so is is I had the adverse effect, uh, adverse reading order than you did. So you did comic book into movie. I did movie, and it was like, okay, comic I need to learn book. more about the Minutemen and stuff like that. And then I used the comic book to like delve in more. And so I think that's where, for me, it's so much better is because it opened up how cool the comic book can be. That's another thing, too. Like the Minutemen, you didn't get to really see the Minutemen very much inside the movie. Yeah, and, and they were a big them. part of the comic. Now, have you seen the HBO Watchmen show? Absolutely. Okay. Every Just single quick episode. aside, what was your favorite part of the, about the the Watchmen TV show? The Hood of Justice. Okay, baby. I love that. I was like, can we get an entire series just about this Hood of Justice? All about it. Put it, put it, in, put it in black and white, too. I'm all for it. Hell yeah. <laughs> it was just one episode, and I was just like, you guys are passing up the pinnacle of this entire series. I didn't even have to watch the rest of it, and I knew. <laughs> I like, like, I didn't even care. Like, like, if I don't watch the rest of this, like, it's fine, because, like, that was yeah. amazing. I was... I was now, to me, that's canon. I'm like, every time I see Hood of Justice in any Watchmen, anything, I'm like, yeah, but really? You know what I'm saying? Like, there, he was if, really good about hiding it. If you check out, like, if you actually reread the Watchmen story, like, they do nod to the fact that, like, he could have possibly been a black person or that because of what happened in those areas. Like, it was like, it was a lot of stuff that happened to black people and, like, all the crimes that, that the Hood of Justice was stopping was crimes against black people. Yeah. So like if you reread that Watchmen story, you're like you you if you see all that, you'll pick up on it and knows like to yourself that like the Hood of Justice has to be a black person. Like it he has to be. And if you yeah. listen to my podcast, like before the show came out, I also nodded towards that. And luckily, 
thankfully i was right yeah, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't that feel good? <laughs> yes, it does. Because <laughs> if I was wrong, I'd have to delete that episode. <laughs> Not really, though. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, that was our top five, guys. I think some excellent lists here. We got into some good conversations here. Uh, okay, so before we head out, though, why don't you go ahead and tell them what you're going to be doing next, where people can find you, and, and what they can expect from FTO. Um, right now, I'm focusing on my FTO news. If you guys have been following me, uh, I tried an FTO news thing before. It happened like a couple mm-hmm. years ago, back in 2016, and I stopped for a while because I moved around a bit, and then I started FTO news again, but it was like in the universe of DC comic books. It was just one episode, and mm-hmm. I feel like this is too hard for me to do. It, it's really difficult like to pretend like you're in a fictional world that doesn't talk about the characters as if they're real people, only like they're superheroes. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't like keep doing it. Maybe someday in the future I'll go back to it. But uh, I want to go back to that old format of doing like, you know, a news, TV, news, comics, and uh, an artist. Talk about an artist every episode and put a spotlight on them every episode. And I missed that. And I thought it was fun when I did it. And the reason why I stopped doing it because I did too much. And a lot of comments... And now it's cool to be who I am. And it was not that cool back in 2016, 2014, like to be who I am and talk about nerdum because I got a lot of bad messages back then. But uh, oh, that's too bad, yeah. it, was, it was a pain. But now I'm yeah. trying to go back at it, see what it's like. I'm a little bit older, a little bit chubbier. We'll see what happens. <laughs> you just got to do you, man. You know, you just pretty gotta... much, yeah. Yeah, can't I never feed the stopped. trolls is the way I look at it. <laughs> no, and like, and that was my thing too. Like, you know, I it was like a it was in a culture not to block people back in like mm-hmm. 2014, 2015. Now, like, it's like the the norm is to block people. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's, it's a lot of stuff you got to take in and like it's give and take and all that. But I'm doing what I'm doing. My my Facebook page really took off because I put a lot of attention towards that, and I feel like I'm putting the same attention to my Instagram and Twitter. And all my other stuff, it'll be just as fun. So, all right, guys, that is going to be it for us. Please go and check out FTO. You can find them everywhere podcasts are located, uh, and especially on Twitter. I love, I love watching everything you tweet. It's really good stuff. And uh, yeah, join in, guys. Thanks. All right, guys. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Geek Freaks podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks Pod. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. We have our Patreon and a store. All those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week. Have you ever been reading through a sack of comics and thought, maybe I should see what the Sarkham Asylum game is all about? Or been playing Marvel vs. Capcom and felt like you were at a real disadvantage since you didn't know who half the characters were? Well, Play Comics is the show for you. I'm Chris, and each episode we take a look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material. So whether you know the comics and want to know how all these games work, or you know the games and want to find out where all this craziness came from, go check out Play Comics at playcomics.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts.